0: The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.
1: Hello and welcome to our second of three podcasts on positive PR. This podcast is brought to you by Scotland's Farm Advisory Service as part of the Scottish Rural Development Programme, co-funded by the EU and the Scottish Government. My name's Kerry Allison, and I'm a Senior Marketing Consultant at SAC Consulting. Today, to talk to us about positive PR, I'm joined by Jane Craigie from Jane Craigie Marketing. Hi, Jane. Hi there, Kerry. How are you? Oh, great, thanks. Thanks very much for joining us today
0: very that's my pleasure and looking forward to it
1: um jane could you give us a bit of an introduction who who are you where are you what do you do
0: okay well yeah i'm jane craigie and i run a marketing and pr agency specializing in agriculture rural and food Um, and I am based in Aberdeenshire, and we also have a side project which is called the Rural Youth Project, which is about understanding why young people live in rural areas, why they leave, and and really what we need to do to encourage them to stay.
1: That sounds fascinating. If I wanted to find out more about the Rural Youth Project, where could I find that?
0: Yep, we have a website, uh, ruralyouthproject.com, And we also have our channels are um, on Instagram, Facebook, and um, also Twitter. And the handle is at RYP2018.
1: That sounds great. I will definitely check that out after our podcast, Jane. So um, to kick off, I want to ask you in your words, in your opinion, what is PR?
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And what I haven't done, Kerry, um, is is gone and had a look at a marketing textbook because I don't think that really tells you what PR means, particularly to us as a as an industry um, and as a, a rural community. So um, I see PR it, really about um, it's about m- positively managing and promoting your reputation. and and any messages to audiences you want to influence. And I think what's what's important is to give you some examples, really, that that relate to the the sector that we're in and and being in the Scottish countryside. Um, So an example of a really good farm business that uses PR just superbly across all the channels that are available is uh, the Willis Brothers, um, who farm just outside Aberdeen. And they have a. They started off. They launched a milk vending machine a few years ago, um, and they've really used PR very positively. Um, and and they've done so by um, using local radio, TV, and newspapers, um, and also by very actively communicating on social media, um, uh, as well as speaking at local events. So they they really encompass what what I think is 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 key to good PR. And, and what they do so well, Kerry, is that they get their story right. So they've thought about what their story is. In the case of the, the, the vending machine business, it's about their family. It's about their organic status. It's about the ease of getting to their farm just off the A96 with lots of parking. It's about um, how they've increased their range of products, their cows' lives, how they're, they're fed, they're managed. Um, And they also use very cleverly um, a little dog they've got called Percy, a sausage dog, um, and, and used him to create a lot of fun and personality around their business. And, uh, and during COVID-19, they've, they've used their social media very, very positively for PR with very clear communication about um, them being open for business um, and with stay safe guidance. So I think they're a really good example of how to use um, positive PR and, and, and what PR is.
1: That sounds like a fantastic example. Uh, The point that you made there about getting the story right and understanding what people want to hear, that's something that I certainly um, deal with questions on very, very regularly from clients. Uh, You mentioned also the dog. Um, Dogs go down an absolute storm in any uh, shape or form. Are there any other little tidbits or tips or tricks that people could use to get the story right?
0: yes I think I think there are lots of little tips I mean I think um, what's important for farming and for rural places is is the importance of getting um, positive PR out um, so you know it, it, this point about managing your reputation and your messages um, it's about um, thinking about your story accurately telling that story um, we never know when we might need good, good PR. Um, So for example, you know, a top tip, if you're, if you're trying to deal with um, perhaps some uh, locally, a lack of support for your farm or annoyance that you're moving um, dairy cows across the road, or you have a farm shop, and sometimes people park on the, on the, on the verges. um, If you, if you build a local reputation, a local personality, as the Willis's have done, then you buy a lot of goodwill um, in doing that, and so that if you do have a day when there's mud on the road, or you're holding up traffic, or people are parked on the verges, um, that that positive PR should have set you know set good stall. Um, and I think also. Um, the the other top tips are you know to to join um the bandwagons that are out there so at the moment um during we are recording this during lockdown with covid 19 there's a lot of positive um, energy towards farming towards local food and local business um, and and that creates a great springboard for all of us to use um as an industry as a sector um, to to capitalize on, on the positivity. Um, and so there's a top tip there, which is, you know, use other positive PR, other positive stories to build your own um, presence, your own story and and your own um, reputation.
1: That's a fantastic tip and something that hopefully shouldn't be too complex for people to to start uh, getting to grips with. Something you said there, Jane, that I'd like to pick up, if I may. I think there may be a, a general... Uh, perhaps misconception that PR is all about talking to national journalists in national newspapers. Uh, you mentioned there something that the Willis Brothers have done is generate goodwill within their local community. So how else can PR be viewed as if not just a national newspaper?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the lovely thing about being in Scotland is we have a very rich um, local media network, um, so whether that's radio, um, whether it's um, the local um, newspapers and magazines, we have a really rich media landscape. And they are always looking for good content, good stories. Um, often the teams. so take for example our local publication, the Press and Journal, we have one reporter who's responsible for farming and for rural stories. And and she's she's she just hasn't got time to do everything herself. So she's very receptive um, to taking good content, good stories from people. So always look locally to what um, to, to what publications are doing um, close to you. Um, if you're keen, ask them if you can start doing a column. Um, and then the other most, you know, in this day and age, one of the most important tools we all have is social media. It's free to use. You just need to be creative in how you do it. Um, and uh, you know, I think the different channels can be used in very different ways, but one of the really strong ones for building local community is Facebook, because you tend to, it tends to be multi-generational. Um, you'll, you'll target the hard to reach people, it, it, the older generation, um, via Facebook. And it's a really good way to tell your story and to connect with your immediate community and, and build that goodwill.
1: That sounds like a a really good piece of advice. And I imagine uh, a lot of people will have their own Facebook account anyway. Should they be using their own personal Facebook account or would you advise setting one up for the farming business?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. I suppose it depends on what you want to do with that Facebook page. Um, If, for example, you have a fencing business or a farm shop or something that um, you need to sell or to promote um, to to generate an income, then I I think it's very valuable to have um, a a Facebook page that that is for the business. Um, and, And the same with other channels as well, Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. Um, but if it's just about you and the farm, well, um, maybe consider either changing your your own personal page to the farming families page if if you just want to keep it um, to to what you're doing as a family. Um, but I think the most important thing is to think about what you want to do with that. Um, Facebook is very powerful in being, um, it can be the, the home for everything you want to do with a business, for example. The days of having to have a website are, are gone, really. You don't have to have a website to sell what you do. Um, you can do a lot of that via Facebook. Um, so it's a really powerful tool and it's a very cheap and easy tool to use. And, and Facebook's a really good way if you do want to try, you know, if you're a young person, for example, s- trialing a business um, idea, Facebook's a great place to do it because you can set something up quickly, easily. You can start transacting um, using something like PayPal. Um, and, and very, very quickly, you, you could set up a micro business that could generate you some income without a huge expenditure.
1: Another question on um, Facebook or social media accounts, particularly, we uh, when we you were talking to us earlier about telling a story, you mentioned the word authenticity. So that's <laughs> that story has to authentically be them and be about them. Are there any um, pieces of advice or maybe bad practice you've seen where people who are using their own account to tell their farm story might be too authentically them.
0: Yeah, it's a very good point, and I'm not going to mention any names. Um, but I, I think this is this this is um, really important from um, from a, you know a, re- a reputational point of view, and and also um, thinking about how you are perceived. The great thing about social media is that it's open to the world. But sometimes that's the bad thing about social media and and sometimes I think um, that there are people that they, they get so emotionally engaged with what they're doing on social media which I which is is really laudable when it's positive but when it's negative and it's um, and it's defensive then social media can be your biggest enemy and there are some examples of people um, not just in the UK but in other parts of the world who are, are, are very um negative in the way that they use social media um and they they tend to use it to beat people up rather than to build up relationships and and there are some very senior people and again i won't mention any names uh, in political positions who who use it as a blunt blunt instrument and it's not um a blunt instrument you need to be clever in how you use it you need to curate your story you need to think about the people who are going to be looking at what you do um, so, so yeah, I think it, I always say to people, use social media with care. But if you use it right, it can be hugely powerful.
1: It's it uh, kind of comes back to that old adage of the pen is mightier than the sword. So don't start using the pen as a sword.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, the the pen is a is a powerful tool. Um, and 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 that you know I think for all of us, um one of the things I think if you look at somebody like Adam Henson um on country file um or Lamming live he he's thought about who he is uh, his what personality um uh, he has um and he he pushes the boundaries of how far he can push his audience in in sharing stories. so if you speak to Adam, he'll say, um, he'll talk about lambing live and say that it's, it, it's um, you know, it's a biological and gynecological feast. Now, who would think that you could actually get down, you could communicate getting down on your hands and knees and lambing a ewe with all of the, you know, the, the, um, the graphic detail of what lambing a ewe looks like and for the general public to think, wow, that's amazing and I want to learn more so i think it's but it's, it 's it's also about testing the parameters of of what your audience will want to hear um, and I think adam's a great ambassador for doing that and for for pushing uh, you know for pushing those doors which are ajar uh, and those doors are ajar because people want to learn about farming and about rural life um, and and it 's just you know being being confident about what you what you 're doing but also about being competent in in how you tell that story and and being careful to to get your facts straight um, to think about uh who's on the receiving end of that story um and to to articulate it in such a way that they you know you 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 um understand their their level of knowledge uh you don't preach to them but you you share your your knowledge and your your understanding of, of the situation that you're describing
1: so would it be fair to say that there should be a, a considerable amount of planning or consideration done before a statement goes out?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I would say most, the most important thing with anything that you're going to do, um, if, particularly if you think it's going to be controversial, is to get it sense checked um so ask your your friend you know a friend that you trust um ask your you know your parents or your wife or girlfriend or or husband or whatever um to 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 sense check it um tell them what you're trying to to do why you want to do it and and what sort of response you're hoping to get from it
1: that's a, a definitely a good tip and uh one that i think is covered Uh, in one of the previous FAS podcasts about having an ugly baby and getting feedback on what it is that you're trying to do. Um, I wanted to, obviously, this podcast is titled Positive PR, and I think we would be doing our listeners a disservice if we didn't take a moment to talk about the uh, arguably unfair light that can be cast and has been cast on agriculture and farming recently in the media. Um, and perhaps the um, overriding fear or negativity of PR and the media. So in your experience, is there is there a, a good way to respond to that? Can people defend themselves? Should they defend themselves? What do you think an appropriate response would be?
0: Yeah I think I think there's quite a complicated answer to that but you know trying in you know trying to keep it simple um what I would say is um use channels that are in your control and where you have going back to this point I made earlier about building loyalty and followers on social media social media is a very good place to start with exercising you know, your, your own confidence in dealing with these, um, you know, with these difficult topics. Um, and uh, and then, you know, the local media where perhaps you're known um, and perhaps, you know, you know the, the, the journalist isn't as vociferous in trying to trip you up. Um, use local, um, speak at events that um, where you have an audience that's really receptive to hearing you. So do it on a, you know, one to... One to one or a one to few, Um, so so, you know to to try and deal with some of these difficult topics. But by learning as you go, um, one of the big watchouts for me um, to, to, and I I always recommend to anybody that I'm speaking to, is is don't try to do too much too quickly. So, for example, with um, the mainstream press um you can you know the the national media you can trip yourself up badly um you know they they however good you think the interview is and however robust you think you've been in your argumentation um they the answers that you give can be taken out of context um so that would be my big watch out unless you're experienced and you're you're you know as somebody like um minette batters the nfu she's she's very adept at dealing with um whatever's thrown at her Um, unless you're at that level of confidence um, and ability i would steer clear of uh, the mainstream media
1: that comes back to that uh, statement you made confidence and competence, I think, in a way. And uh, while there may be uh, endless competence in the topic, there may not be that level of competence in dealing with people who do this for a living. Um, in that vein, if I were to have a, a fence put up, I would use a fencing contractor. And in making that decision, I know what I'm looking for. I can compare quotes and I, I have preferred suppliers. For a lot of listeners, they will never have engaged with a PR agency or a marketing agency before. So, if someone is considering kind of becoming a spokesperson or taking up the gauntlet for positive PR in farming and agriculture and want to engage with the national media, what kind of things should they expect from working with a professional PR agency?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question, Kerry. I mean, it depends on the agency you're going to deal with. Um, i mean we we are our agency we're, we're very we 're agriculturalists by background or rural people by background. We all live either on a farm or on small holdings, so we really understand the the the, the whole fabric of the rural places and and of of agriculture and all of the diversification that goes on within the countryside. So I would say, you know, probably you would expect me to say this, but if you, if you want to talk about farming and you want to talk about rural, then then there are many agencies like ours that are really competent in this space, um, and and I would go to us first if you want to talk about farming matters. Um, so I would I would say to do that first. I I would also say. Um if if you do want to engage a, a PR agency or a communications agency, do some research, ask around, you know, who's who's rated well, have a look at their own social media channels and their own PR to see how well they are doing it. Um and and you know, the personality of that business. And then um, I, I would also say that if you if if you have limited budget and you are thinking of doing something, be really smart about where you want to spend. Um, and it may be, for example, worth asking an agency to come in and help you set up your your strategy, you know, so how are you going to communicate and what sort of topics, um, rather than getting them to do it for you if you feel you're capable of doing it. So so I would, I would say, you know, consider who you want to work with. Um, the second point to that is is make sure that you get on well with them and they resonate with with you and 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 you, you're going to be good partners um who who understand one another and then um, pick the agency that's that you think wow they're doing a really nice job i like the tone of what they're doing it, it, it i empathize with it and it, it's like i want to um like i want to communicate and then be smart about how you spend you don't need to necessarily throw a lot of money at um at, at getting the support that you need um but you just need to be smart about what you spend your money on
1: yeah some really key points there and definitely some things worth taking on to consider to um nail you to the wall a little bit on it if i may um, not to put a number on it but would people expect to be uh having a, a one-off agreement an ongoing agreement a subscription all of the above what kind of models are normal in your world
0: I think it depends on the agency i mean we we love to build um relationships for the long term you know we we like to in, invest our time um passions and and energy in our clients um so we don't just do the things that they ask us to do we will we will, con- we will do things like connect our, our clients to our network. We'll perhaps collect, connect two clients thinking, actually, do you know, these two clients will work really well together. So we invest a lot of time and energy. So for us, we like to build long-term relationships, even if it's on a project by project basis. Um, But there are there are other models out there that might suit people better, which is, uh, you know, and and we do do work on a project um, basis if 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 um, a client wants to. um, And that would be so for example we've got this new yogurt to launch and we really would like your help in launching this yogurt or a new fencing business for example um so it's just a defined project for a short period of time and that would be quoted on for the time that the the agency thinks they would take Um, and there are models out there that are subscription-based um where you could say "I'm, i'm going to buy um so much of this time um, to produce maybe, you know, three three social media posts a month and a press release. Um, again, if, if you do, do go down that route, just make sure that the brief is right and you're really clear about what, um, what you both expect as deliverables. So, so be as prescriptive as you possibly can be if you're gonna go down the subscription route um, because not one, um, one solution fits all, which sometimes subscri- subscription models for a marketing, in a marketing context, it, it can be try- trying to do a sort of blueprint, right? That's all we need to do for that client. Just make sure you are going to get what you want and what you need.
1: That's great advice, Jane. Thank you very much for that. Just to close on that point, would, would it be out of the ordinary or unusual for a prospective client to just lift the phone and ask you some questions about how you can work together?
0: No, not at all, Kerry. I think I think that's really important. I mean, we we will do a lot of work with um, a new client before we actually start the paid element of what we do because it's really important for you to get a feel for one another. Uh, I mean, you'll know that as a consultant yourself. You know, you, the best relationships you have are the ones that are most open, uh, the ones where you you. You you build a relationship, um, and you're you're like minded. You can be uh, constructive, criti- critical. you know be constructively critical about um, some ideas, and and that you have a trusted relationship. And I think you can only do that if you spend some time talking to one another, so that you understand one another as well as the you know each other's businesses and what you're trying to achieve.
1: Absolutely fantastic! Thank you very much for that, Jane. Um. I'm interested to ask you, I do a lot of work around trends, consumer trends, how people behave. I would love to ask you if you see correlation between how the public and the consumers behave, and then how PR or media agencies respond to those trends.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I I think trends... Trends and tribes. Um, so increasingly, we're in a world where people form tribes. Um, I think they're really, really key to any business. And I think it's important, whatever business it is you run, that you are really mindful of those those changes in trends and tribes. Um, and I think in PR, we're no different. We, in, in PR and communications, you need to be one step ahead. You need to be reading what's happening out there. So for example, Um, If you look at um, something like veganism um, or uh, plant-based diets um, as as an individual business selling meat or or as an industry where where meat is a core part of of our output in in an agricultural term um, and also in a rural landscape term, how do we deal collectively with that trend, with that consumer trend, that tribe that is growing? um so i think it's it's really important to to think about n- not only what the trend is but how you respond to some of those um some of those changes in in consumer behaviors
1: What a great answer and i absolutely love the term uh trends and tribes that's one that i think if i could put on a t-shirt i probably would <laughs> um with keeping one step ahead and, and looking at what's happening, we've obviously spoken a bit about using social media to get a good story out. Um, the inverse of that, how can you use different social media platforms or available media platforms to inform your strategy?
0: Yeah, that's, that's again, a really good question. And I think going back to the trends and tribes, social media is a great way to look at what's happening out there. It's free, you don't have to pay for market research. Um, there's a lot of desk research you can do by looking at um, whatever channel is most appropriate. Um, so for example, if you were going to be launching um, an, an, ethical, um, uh, an ethical food, um, so for example, that could be, I don't know, um, pulses grown on your farm and you're making um bean chutney from it um you might be really interested in seeing you know what is the appetite for scottish for ethical um and for farm um sourced uh products so you'd maybe look at um you know at, at people's interest in in um plant proteins you you would look at um you know how how much who's doing what in the sector, what sort of products they're selling, and and what sort of response and stories are being um being are gaining most traction on social media. So there's a hell of a lot that you can do just by looking at um at social media and the activity and and your potential competitors.
1: Um, you mentioned Instagram earlier. I have uh, quite a few clients asking me specifically about um instagram influencers and bloggers do you consider that part of a pr strategy and is it something that you would recommend people to look into
0: yeah i think it can be Um, i i think instagram is a is a it's my favorite channel i I love instagram but I, i love i love the story that a photograph tells um, along with, um, a, you know, really eloquent story to go with it. So I think Instagram is a really powerful tool for communicating a lot of what agriculture and rural places need to communicate. I think in terms of um, of, of influencers um, and bloggers and 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 vloggers on on any channel. Um, well, with Instagram, it's IGTV. I think, I, think there's, um, I think there's potential there, but I think it's further down the line. So I would say start with your own story um, and your own content first. But then if you have a brand where you want to start to create um, some impact in, in other networks, in other people's networks, then brand ambassadors and, and bloggers and bloggers can be really powerful. Um for example, there's a a couple of um companies that 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 are from uh, that have originated from farms um and are producing things like Wellington boots and kids t shirts. Now, for them, using somebody who's got a lot of influence and a lot of followers on Instagram to be a brand ambassador for your Welly boots can actually be really powerful and it and it opens the doors to to new um new customers potentially um using the endorsement that you can get from from people who are blogging or vlogging
1: so it could be seen and used as quite a, a valuable almost advertising tool for um products and businesses
0: yeah definitely carry uh, uh, usually there's a cost to it um for example my husband he's a furniture maker um and he he produces um uh, both small and uh, big items, so furniture, and also um, things like uh, shaving brushes and bowls. And one of the things that we looked into was whether or not we could we could get a, a brand ambassador to support sales of his shaving sets, which are quite expensive. They're all handmade um, from things like Spalted Beach. And they're beautiful things. Um, so they're not inexpensive. Um, so we we looked at these brand ambassadors to see whether or not we could we could tap into this whole trend of male grooming, and you know, Kerry, the cost uh, that some of these brand ambassadors were charging was quite astounding. Um, and some of them have this repeat model where they say, "Well, we'll only take you on if you sign up to us to, to working with me for a year, and and for this, I want X and and tens of thousands of pounds." So. Um, so there's, there's two things there. One is if you want to use them, um, then they can be expensive. Um, but the second thing is um, I think there's also a real opportunity for um, people within the rural place um, and, and in agriculture to become bloggers and, and brand ambassadors themselves. Um, So it's um, we can look at that in two ways, Um, potentially a nice income stream, potentially for for, particularly, I mean, for for young people.
1: Uh, Wonderful last point there and one that um, I would really like to find out a little bit more from you. So if someone out there is aspiring to be a louder and more positive voice for agriculture or farming in Scotland, if someone aspires to... To fill that kind of influencer role and really has something to say, where should they start?
0: start by building a really um, a really sound social media presence yourself, so think about the story that you want to tell, so who are you, what are your values? Uh, what sort of things are you communicating about and and curate it nicely, so make sure your photos are good. Um, make sure that your story is understandable. So, for example, if you're a sheep farmer producing high quality, um, high welfare, grass fed lamb, then start to tag Quality Meat Scotland and the Scotch the Scotch lamb brand in what you're doing. Um, if you regularly wear eagle Wellington boots, then take some photographs of, of your feet or get somebody to take some photos of you with your sheep with your eagle wellies on and tag eagle in your in your posts so there's ways that you can do it but start small but the most important thing is make sure that your your story's strong and and that your content is really engaging
1: so content really should be a key consideration both i guess for time and financial investment
0: yeah, definitely. Um, in, uh, we've all got uh, the most powerful piece of kit in our pockets, so a phone, whether that's Android or, or Apple. Um, they're, they're so powerful, and there's so much that you can do with them and just play around. Um, there's some great um, examples of really good social media content out there, so uh, Farmer Tom, who launched FaceTime a Farmer a couple of years ago, he's really good. Will Evans, who launched the rock and roll podcast um, will's got a great um following on social media and and i just love his tone it's it, it's sensitive it's um it, it's educational and and it's beautiful um and and there are others as well you know jr from strictly he's a dairy farmer um in in the northwest of england and his his content is beautiful uh, if you go on to instagram he's got some lovely photos of his cows he milks Ayrshire's. Um, he's got some lovely photos of the the scenery around, and he talks talks a lot about his local rural community and his place in that community. So there's some great examples of people who've just built up their their um, social media um, channels over time, and and some of those are great advocates for how how we in rural and agricultural places should be should be using social media for, as a force for good.
1: Those sound like brilliant examples, Jane, and I. I think probably a really good recommendation to have a follow and look at some of their social media accounts. And I assume that if people are looking for um, other accounts, other people that might influence them or that they might tag, that you can just explore that through their Instagram account.
0: Yeah, very much so. I I mean, Instagram, one thing to remember about Instagram is you can't paste a URL, um, a web link into, into your post um, but what you can do is in your profile on Instagram, you can, you can mention all of the affiliations that you have with organizations, for example, like the NFU or QMS. Um, and there's a really good uh, tool that a lot of people use on Instagram, which is called Linktree, which is uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. And so you can set up almost a little website um, linked to your um, Instagram uh, account where you can put in links. So if you're doing a podcast, for example, or a blog, or you have um, a website that where you're selling your products from, you can um, include all of that in the linktree um, page, the pages that you create. And, and within that, that's a great place to to put any affiliations that you have.
1: That's some fantastic advice there, Jane. And we are going to be uh, producing an infographic about this podcast. So we'll definitely include the uh, link tree in there. Um, To move on to the kind of penultimate part of our conversation, you did highlight earlier, we are recording this in unusual circumstances. Uh, Three months ago, you and I would probably have driven to a familiar location, shared a cup of coffee and been sitting within very close distance of one microphone. Uh, As it stands now, we're many miles apart and could really be anywhere in the world because of coronavirus and lockdown. PR obviously plays a really, really important part in crisis communication. So, is there anything that our listeners should be taking into account? I hesitate to use the word opportunity, um, but anything in particular they should be considering at this time?
0: Well, I think there's a couple of things there. One is, um, you know, what positives can, can rural places and, um, and uh, farming agricultural businesses take out of this? Um, and... Uh, The second is, you know, how do you deal with crises um, or crises um, given, you know, any situation, whether that's COVID nineteen or whether it's something different. Um, uh, On the first point, and I'm going to have to stop there because I've completely forgotten what it was. Oh yeah, how do how do we come out of post post COVID? So on the first point. how do we come out of uh, the post-COVID post world positively um, in terms of agriculture and rural places and rural businesses? I think there's a massive opportunity. There's been a huge sway to supporting local businesses and local businesses supporting local people. Um, so local has become a big buzzword and it's been part of the economy that has carried on delivering. So I think we've got a massive opportunity to tell our food agriculture and rural story in Scotland um, on the back of COVID-19 um, and, and I think now's a time for businesses that are thinking perhaps you know is this the time that I launch my diversified um, food business or I set up a farm shop on my farm now's the time to start thinking about it because my hope and 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 I think it's not just a hope I think it's a reasonable guess that local will be a bigger part of the future um i think that people who have been um stuck at, at home um within four walls without even gardens um to them as we've already started to see where parts of the uk have ha, ha, has has uh, starting to exit lockdown the countryside is a big draw um which is um something that we need to be very uh, mindful of as a rural um it, as rural places um, and not to be too negative to people coming out from the cities, because potentially they are great, um, a great source of income in the future. People that might want to come and stay um, in, in holiday accommodation, for example, in the UK or Scotland versus traveling to Spain. So I think there's massive opportunities for us. Um, in terms of crises well um, there is a really good example of one that's very live at the moment which is about access to the countryside so there's um, if you listen to farming today or you read the farming press there's there's a, a real um, wide range of views about whether people should be allowed into the countryside or not um, and and it's it's um it's quite a hot topic I would say that um, as, as a farm business or an agricultural business um i think first off think about how your you will be perceived if you if you keep your gates shut um is it is it a good thing or is it a bad thing if you have um a, a holiday accommodation on your on your land for example then then it's a bad thing if you've got um, ewes and lambs and, and you don't want dogs running around um, your your fields, then then it's a bad thing to let people in. But the way that we communicate it is is really, really important. We could be doing ourselves just as much harm by keeping our gates closed as we could good in the future.
1: That's, again, fantastic advice, Jane. I've certainly learned uh, a great deal from you already, uh, during this podcast. I just wanted to ask you if you if you could sum up or give you know, some key points for people to take away from here. What would your key takeaways from today be? Yeah, it's
0: a really good question, Kerry. I mean, I, I think, um, I think the key things I would say to anybody thinking of, of upping their communications and their PR is first off to think about their own story. So what is it you're trying to communicate and why? Um, To think about uh, how much um, exposure you want, so how much influence and exposure you want. If you're in a role, um, so for example, an NFU post, then you want a lot of exposure um, on some very big topics. So you probably need to ramp up the support that you need um, to to, um, help you. If you're somebody that just wants to communicate agriculture or rural places better, then use your own social media channels. And top tip there is have a look at some people who are doing it well already. And then if you're keen to communicate further and and to articulate um, your views in in more of a long form way, then um, perhaps consider some other other things like, um, for example, broadcast on IGTV or even your own podcast. And then finally, if you are going to spend any money on PR, um, make sure that you get to know the people that you're going to be working with really well, that you trust one another and that you're going to get on. And, and be smart about how you spend and, and where you spend your money, because it doesn't have to be expensive. It just needs to be smart. It needs to be relevant and it needs to, to deliver what you, what you need and want.
1: Thank you very much for that, Jane. Chemistry is incredibly important when working with somebody else, uh, and particularly if you're working with someone on storytelling and building a vibe and an atmosphere around you in your business. Um, this has been incredibly useful, incredibly helpful. I'm sure uh, that many of the listeners will have got a lot out of this. As a reminder to the listeners, uh, please do download the infographic. Uh, On that infographic, you will find the details. (laughs) Please do download the infographic. On that infographic, you'll find the details of Jane Craigie Marketing's website, and I'm sure that Jane would love to talk to any of you in the future. Jane, is there anything else you would like to close with? No,
0: I not not really. Other than to thank you, and really just to encourage everybody out there to to think about the communication for our rural places and and agriculture. It's so important um, that we that we get it right. That we we encourage people into green green spaces, green places, and to support our rural economy. And we're doing everything that we can as a business to achieve that. Um, and then just a final point that. You know our rural places really need young people and and uh, young people making their living in the countryside so anything that we can all do to encourage young people to make their lives in rural places um, and to make their livelihoods in rural places then we should all be doing all that we can to achieve that too
1: thank you very much for joining us for this the second of three podcasts on positive pr If you have time, please join us for the third of three where we're going to be talking to some of those farmers in industry who've had to use PR for good or for bad in recent times.